15 minutes after nine here on SENZ's Extra Time. Ben Francis filling in for Ricardo Ball all this week. Now, over the weekend, uh, one of our top motorsport drivers, Liam Lawson, made a statement in his first race in the Japanese Super Formula Championship uh, by claiming uh, race win. They had two races over the weekend in Fuji. He won the opening race. I believe he was the first rookie to win the first race in 50 years and then... Uh, I think he came fifth. I think he was demoted to fifth in the second race uh, due to a penalty. But his his performance has pretty much said, a lot of people have just come out and straight away said, look, Liam Lawson should be an F1 driver in 2024, if not earlier. So to discuss this and many other things going on in motorsport, I called on a friend of the show, and that is uh, Eric Thompson. Eric, how are you tonight? Yeah, good, thanks, Ben. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, mate. Just had a... I, I, had, I, I drove like, oh, I don't want to say I drove like a, a Formula driver. I, I drove responsibly but fast to get to the studio tonight. So I was coming back from Topol, but uh, fizz, fizz to be here. Well, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's quite a, a feather in Liam Lawson's cap, as you rightly sort of said, um, since I think, well, the modern uh, sort of Japanese Super Formula Championship and... Um, he is the first rookie to win on debut in that championship. Um, it's pretty unheard of. And especially the thing that's really impressive is, okay, you know, everybody's on simulators and they, and the, you know, and they have those video games and sim racing and all that. But Liam Wilson has not been on a single one of the, the tracks that they will race on in that championship. And so he's at, it was at Fuji um, this weekend, he's, he's never been on the circuit. And qualifying in that championship, man, is really interesting. You only get 10 minutes. So he qualified on the front row and um, basically drove away during the race. And, you know, he, he undercut his teammate, the defending champion, um, Team Mugen, team, teammates, um, undercut him, you know, pissed off and just drove away in the first race and, and, and got a win. And now that, I think, from memory, one of your listeners might might bring me to task on this, but I think every single championship that Liam Lawson has actually started in, like from F4, F3, Toyota Racing Series, the DTM Championship, you know, the, the, the big saloon car, GT Racing, and, and F2, he's won a race first time out in each category he's ever started, and he did it again in Japan in the Super Formula so he's, he's sort of saying true to form, really. Oh, it's, that's a really incredible stat. I didn't have to look into that. Mm-hmm. Um, could you do you know a bit about the uh, the Japanese Super Formula Championship and like how it rates in terms of other similar formats around the world? Yeah, it's the closest probably to Formula One. The cars, um, even you know, chatting to Liam Lawson and even Helmut Marco, the Red Bull driver advisory. Well, basically, the guy who picks all the, the junior Red Bull drivers has said F2, which is one step down from Formula One, is a similar car, but the Super Formula car, the Japanese Super Formula car, is faster in a straight line, um, has more downforce, and drives more like a Formula One car than even an F2 car. Um, some people sort of say Indy cars are pretty close to Formula One. Power wise, yes, top speed maybe, but the, the, the way they handle. The, an IndyCar is more mechan- what's called mechanical drip, uh, grip. They've got very little aero, whereas the Super Formula Japanese cars are more like an F1 car. They have a lot of aero. And um, 
it's sort of where in the past quite a few Formula One drivers have actually cut their teeth as the last step into F1 and they've just decided to send Liam Lawson out there to uh, benchmark himself against because most of the drivers in that championship um, have raced for, well, since they were tiny tots on all those circuits um, and they know the, the tracks inside out, they know the cars inside out. So just as to show how good Lawson is, they've just put him in there to um, have a go and he, and, he, and he certainly sort of proved their faith in him, to be honest. So um, it, it's great. And I mean, New Zealanders have, have a really good pedigree in that championship anyway because um, Nick Cassidy um, actually won that championship. He was the first New Zealander to actually win it um, in 2019 from That's memory. That's yeah. So um, Liam's got a, you know, a bit of a benchmark. So it'd be great. He's certainly off to a flying start. Yeah, so you said it's, pro- said it's probably like the closest to actual Formula Formula One as you probably get uh, away from the, the Formula series. So this obviously is going to do his reputation a lot of good. And is that why lots of people are saying that he's probably ready to make that step up more likely next year if, or there probably will be a seat available at some stage, whether one of these teams is willing to give him a shot? Yeah, but this is where it gets really sort of quite interesting if you, if um, some of your listeners and fans will remember when Brendan Hartley had his opportunity to race for uh, AlphaTauri now, but um, Red Bull's second string team. Yeah. And unfortunately, there were a lot of mechanical issues and, you know, the car wasn't actually that good. So Liam's got to be quite careful about where he goes. You know, some people said he could have gone to Alpine or he could have gone to, to Haas or somebody like that. But then again, you know, do you really want to go to a team that's struggling, sort of midfield or towards the the back of the, the field? Because it doesn't matter how good you are, if you're not in a good car, um, you, you're, not, you're just not going to shine. I mean, for example, you know, Mercedes is struggling with their car at the moment. And, you know, for all the kudos that Lewis Hamilton has, you know, he's not on a particularly useful car. Actually, having said that, George Russell seems to be doing okay in it, but maybe that's a conversation for another time. But he has to go, they have to put him in, in, in a good car so he can showcase his talents, So we say. But again, it's like musical chairs. And the other thing that's so difficult for, especially these days for drivers from New Zealand, because it, you know, you've got to have a global sponsor behind you. It's like Red Bull probably sells more Red Bull cans in a day in London than they would in a year in New Zealand. Uh-huh. So to them, from a commercial point of view, and it is all about commercial, I don't care how many people say about it, it should be about talent, it's not. Formula One is about commercial viability. So you're not going to get a global brand sponsoring a New Zealander because as a country, we're just too tiny. You know, we just don't have that market. So um, that's one thing that could hold them back. I sincerely hope not. But, um, and it's also, most of the time, you have to bring a whopping great check with you um, to get a seat in Formula One. It's a, it's a shame he doesn't have like a, uh, is it Lawrence Stroll uh, but behind him? Like a... <laughs> what, you mean his dad who owns the team? Oh, yes. I, I, I hate that. And uh, maybe that's probably why I'm not a big Lance Stroll fan, to be honest. But I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan when, uh, when daddy's got the big... The, 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 the I, I, I think... No, you're right, but I think he's solid. I mean, you don't get rabbits in Formula One. 
Yeah. You know, and, and, and even the guys punting around midfield. And, you know, okay, his dad owns a team, so of course he's got a seat there for as long as he likes it. But, he, you know, he's finished on the podium before. He's picked up points every year. You know, he's, he's never going to set the world on fire. You're absolutely right. But, you know, but it's like anything. You had a whole lot of, before Russia invaded the Ukraine, you had a couple of Russian drivers who just, you know, came with checkbooks for 14 to 18 million euro. So, you know, they got to drive in the lesser teams. And it's, um, it's not really a champion. I think the only true championship from memory where it's all on talent is Formula E. You cannot buy a seat in that championship. It doesn't matter how big your checkbook is. Every single driver in that championship, including Nick Cassidy and Mitch Evans, the two Kiwis in that championship, they actually get paid to race in that and they're picked on talent alone. You cannot buy a seat in that championship. And I actually think it's the only, probably the only category, you know, global world championship category where it, it's purely based on talent. You touched on the Russia thing there before. It was it was Haas and was it the last season where they had, or the season before when they had the Russian driver and I think his dad was owned the company which sponsored them and then just before the season started they had to pull the plug and bring back in, I think, was it Kevin Magnussen? Yeah, it was Marzipan, Nicola Marzipan, whose dad owned Eurocoal, I think it was, the world's largest fertilizer manufacturer. But then um, Putin invaded Ukraine, so all of a sudden any Russian athlete at the time was just like, you're on your bike, son. So they got canned, and so they got Magnuson back um, into Haas. But yeah, Haas aren't doing too bad. I think they picked up more points in the first two rounds than they have in the entire championship of last year. The teams are pretty, a lot of teams are pretty close. You just look at Aston Martin. Um, with Fernando Alonso, I've never seen, it's been a decade since I've seen Fernando Alonso so happy. <laughs> and, you know, he's been on the podium <laughs> so far. He's three from three. Yeah, not bad. Uh, I was, I was going to, that's going to be my next question. I was going to say, I bet uh, Alpine, I probably wish they threw a bit more money Fernando's way. <laughs> yes, they did that. I, I mean, I, I did feel for them. At, at the last round with that in Australia, that Mickey Mouse restart for two laps. God knows how many millions of dollars worth of damage was done. And when, then the two Alpine drivers took each other out. A mistake, not deliberately. So I think they'll be ruining that. But, you know, they're actually quite useful at the moment. There's a lot of... Okay, there, there are about four teams that are palpably, probably better than everybody else, but you used to have a mid-pack of about four or five teams that were quite useful. Then you had, you know, the people bringing up the rear. Now, the teams from about five to ten, like the rest of the field, are pretty much all interchangeable this year. So I'm not saying we're going to see a whole lot of passing, then it's all going to be really exciting and everybody's going to be carving through the field, but it's going to be a lot closer this year with that you know, like the teams like Alpine and Haas and Aston Martin and Williams and maybe not McLaren, they're struggling big time. And if Ferrari get their act together and get their strategies right, they should be, you know, they'll be there or thereabouts. So there's, you know, there's quite a few teams now that are, you know, you'll see some, you'll see some pretty interesting, um, especially, you know, if you get a wet weather weekend, you'll get the odd surprise. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely, Eric. Uh, I, I'm quite enjoying the F1 at the moment, so it's uh, all good to see. But uh, we got IndyCar this weekend, and it's mm-hmm. at Long Beach. And I believe because it's a road circuit, that means uh, one of, uh, of another Kiwi who used to race in Formula 2, Marcus Armstrong, should be in action, if I'm not mistaken. No, you're absolutely right, man. He will be in because he's not doing because they got um, – who did they see? Ganassi. Oh, Takuma Sato is doing the oval races for Ganassi this year while Armstrong gets his – Marcus Armstrong gets his, gets his head around it. So, yes, it's a road course, so he'll be back in action. You know, he's, he's fitted into that category pretty well. Not quite as good as Scott McLaughlin, who's got off to a hiss and a roar, but um, – He's doing all right. He's stayed out of trouble. He's picked up points. So I think that that's going to be quite interesting at Long Beach. I mean, you know, at the moment, um, you know, you've got Scott Dixon, the perennial sort of challenger for the championships, you know, sitting nicely in, in third place after the, you know, the opening two rounds. And McLaughlin, I think, is down in eighth or ninth or something like that. So um, it'd be good to see. I actually think... Um, Armstrong will actually, you know, do do quite well in this championship because he's he's, he's been a race winner in Formula Two, been a race winner in F3. You know, he's picked up wins and challenged for championships his entire career. He's a former Ferrari driver academy. Um, again, he was another guy that tested Formula One and was a reserve driver for a, a half a season or so, I think. But again, there was just not the seats for him, and I, I think his decision to go to IndyCar was actually quite inspired. I, I don't think he would have ever got a seat in Formula 1 um, and to go to IndyCar where you can make your mark. And and what we're noticing, I don't know, in the last year or so, there's an awful lot of people now actually looking to the Americas and IndyCar in particular as a pathway to get into single-seater racing because that championship is in a bit of a you know purple patch at the moment. That field, you have so many former Formula One drivers in IndyCar now. It's actually really, really interesting. So, and there's a lot of passing in it. You know, like you watch any IndyCar race, it's exciting. You have lead changes all the time, people passing. You know, it's 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 really full of. You know, it's quite exciting. Even the ovals. You know, everybody's nose to tail at 300 kilometres an hour. Like you can't. There's a. There's a lot that they're not doing wrong in IndyCar. And I think maybe Formula One could actually take a bit of a leaf out of their book, actually, to get people to pass. That's what fans want to see, passing. They do indeed. They do indeed, Eric. And uh, lastly, I think, uh, if I remember reading correctly, that they will have a round of the uh, World Endurance Championship on this weekend too. And, of course, we've got Brendan Hartley and Earl Bamber uh, competing in that. Yes. Now, that's one of my favourite championships of all time, to be honest. And then a lot of people go, why? Why do you like I like it because you have about either three or four different categories all racing on the same circuit at the same time. So you really have to be so aware of what the hell is going on because you've got your Daytona prototype car, or no, they're called um, the Le Mans prototype cars, and you've got LMP2s, um, in, in the mix and then you've got the GTs and then you've got the uh, GTLM the Le Mans cars and, and the difference in the speeds can be up to like 130 or 40 kilometres an hour they race at night and at daytime I, I think it's one of the and especially these days 
there are now 11 cars in the top category. Two or three years ago, you were lucky if you got four. Now, because they've opened it up, and, and the new rules means the IMSA cars, like the Daytona prototypes, can now go and race in Europe, and the Le Mans LMP1 cars can now race in, in the Americas. So they, they have this hybrid car now that fits both categories and suddenly all the manufacturers, you know, like Porsche are going to come in soon, Audi are looking at getting in there, you've already got Cadillac and you've got Porsche back in there and Toyota and, you know, it's, it's all just happening. That's on a growth spurt, that championship. And, you know, there's a couple of Kiwis in it, which is fantastic. Both of them have won the World Endurance Championship anyway. They're both world champions. So Yeah, that's fantastic. right. And they've got uh, the success as well at Le Mans too, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, Earl's won it twice, and uh, Brendan's won it twice as well. Or has Brendan won it three times, actually? Hmm, I might have to check that. But, yeah, they've both, you know, been Le Mans champions, and, and, and that's in the open class. You know, like there's, uh, you know, we've had a couple of New Zealanders over the decades that have won you know, the odd class, but to be outright winner has a certain sort of cachet. I think the last New Zealand, I think um, Mitch Evans, believe it or not, I think finished second or third in LMP2 a couple of, well, maybe six or seven years ago. So, you know, like New Zealanders have for a small country, I think, you know, us and sort of Iceland and Finland per head of population of one of the most successful motor racing nations in the world. Yeah, that's good, good to hear. We like to see New Zealand competing up against the world's best. Uh, Eric, thanks so much for your time and always bringing lots of knowledge on motorsport. I, I try to pretend I know what uh, I'm talking about, but you always actually do know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I, I, I try, Ben, I try, but no, you're very well informed. Very <laughs> uh, really good. Uh, Eric Thompson, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure, anytime. Uh, Eric Thompson there talking all things motorsport here on SCNZ Extra Time. We are 27 minutes away from 10 here on SCNZ. Coming up at 10 o'clock, I believe will be first serve with Brett Phillips, our tennis show, which is broadcast all over the SCN uh, networks across Australia and New Zealand. So tune into that, two hours of tennis chat. That's what we like to hear. And tomorrow on uh, Mornings with Ian Smith, uh, Smithy will catch up with Ryan Fox, Greg Alexander, and Joan Patterson, who's the Women's World Cup COO. So plenty to tune into here on the station between now and tomorrow night. 16 away from 10 here. Coming up after the break, let's talk some football.